Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions for future, about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, that's for any questions you have about what we're discussing today or any ideas for future episodes. No no interruptions this week, Father. Well, the last time we recorded an episode, <laughs> I got in trouble for interrupting you, and so I'm just over here just kind of... I don't know if the listeners pick up on it, but some, sometimes... I hate listening to myself, but occasionally I'll listen to past episodes uh-huh. of Ignition, and I can tell, like episode 250, where it was mass chaos and there were five of us, <laughs> I could hear myself smiling as I was talking while other people were... Bantering around, exactly. So, but you could hear you could hear the actual like physical sound of your face I grinning. Could, I could hear how my voice was different because I was smiling while I was talking. It is slightly different enough for me to notice the difference. I don't know about anybody else. Got it. There we go. So, so um, both Father and I, um, our topic for today, uh, Father and I have both gotten questions a few weeks ago. The Holy Father, Pope Francis, made um, a visit to a papal visit pilgrimage to uh, the nation of Mexico. And um, I'm sure many people heard on his return home, um, as he often does, he as as Pope Benedict did before him, and maybe John Paul II as well. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure about JP too. Uh, Saint John Paul II, yeah, certainly Pope Benedict did, and now Pope Francis also will answer questions that are submitted beforehand um, uh, in in an in-flight press conference. And there's a, a lot of attention given to this last press conference about uh, some of his remarks and. and Father, both you and I have received uh, some questions that people have have raised. Um, people in, in my case who are, who are you know good faithful Catholics, but they've been confused by one, one or something or another that Pope Francis said. Yeah, I've had um, I've had a couple parishioners. One who's a recent convert who on uh, this uh, last uh, in flight interview sent me some questions, and then I had uh, an RCIA class. Uh, which was shortly after that. And we actually were talking on uh, a topic related to some of the things he spoke on uh, on the flight. And so this this candidate, so her, herself not even yet in the church uh, in fullness, uh, with some questions or some concerns about, you know, oh, what, what does this mean? Is this is something going on? Is something changing? Um, so people do listen. Right. Which is great. It is great. I mean, the fact that people, both Catholics and other Christians, but even people who aren't Christian, Take they don't always agree with, but they they oftentimes they, they're aware that the Pope is speaking. When the Pope speaks, people listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny, I just had a conversation several weeks ago with our uh, Mike Banworth, who's our mm-hmm. finance director. E.F. Hutton commercial from the eighties. E.F. Hutton got bought and sold and bought and sold many times since then, but that was the commercial. When E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. People listen. Exactly. <laughs> I think the commercials are still on YouTube or are on YouTube. No. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it is a beautiful thing. When when the Pope speaks, people listen. Sometimes they immediately poo-poo and, well, why am I going to listen to that old guy? Sometimes they're in trance. Sometimes they try to use it as a club to hit people over the head with. Right. But but it, it, it's good that they listen. Right. right. And so, um, but, you know, the question is, in, in our media age, 
because there's so much commentary that comes out, and uh, especially with Pope Francis, um, seems more than I remember with Pope Benedict. Um, and I, I follow church news, but it seems like uh, the media listens to a lot of things that Pope Francis says. And so um, what to do with some of those things because uh, how they come out or uh, what you might hear or how you might hear it reported. Um, you know, I think as a Catholic, there can be some concern or some confusion. Yep. And so I think today we want to speak to that concern and that confusion uh, just to kind of uh, help you out in that way. Right, right. I, I think just when it boils down to it, is it ever okay? I mean, we we listen to the the Pope, especially as Catholics, we give deference to the Pope. Is it ever legitimate for me to disagree with him? Right. And that's a very fair question that you might have from uh, hearing things like this. And also too, like what things do I need to pay attention to? Even? Right. Right. You know, I mean, does as a Catholic, okay, I, I have, I follow the Pope. Does that mean I have to pay attention to everything he says? Exactly. Yep. Um, and so if he like, you know, they put up his daily mass homilies, right. You know, does that mean that I, as a priest can't give my own homily? Right. Do I have to read what homily he gives for his daily mass right. homily? And it goes back to, and, and we'll get into this, um, I think that's indicative of a rightful, a recognition of the role and authority of the successor of St. Peter in the church in our time. But then it creates those sort of follow-up questions. Well, and we're, what, are there limits to his authority? And if so, what are they? Right. And also, like, I, I think another way to think about it is not just, so we, a recognition, you used to the idea of the recognition of his his office and his authority just by our time. But also I think there's an imposition of our time onto his office right. that imposes kind of this cult of celebrity right. status where, you know, anytime uh, the latest basketball star or uh, Hollywood actress uh, posts something on Twitter or whatever it might be, well then, oh, everyone has to pay attention and, and you have to take it in because if you're a real follower of theirs, right. if you're a real fan of theirs, you have to take what they do seriously. Right, right, right. And and I think just, just briefly look ahead, and, and Pope Francis would wholeheartedly agree with this too. Ultimately, we're not followers of Pope Francis. No. We're followers of Jesus Christ. Right. As is he. Right. Like him, we're following his Lord and our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think Pope Francis would want us to talk about this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. And so I, yeah, I just think so. I mean, maybe listener, if you're kind of concerned, uh, where are they going with this? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think Pope Francis would want to, uh, would want us to talk about this. Yep. yep. So I think a couple of things. He's the son of the church. As he many times, more than once he's said that. So just some, some basics and some fundamentals to keep in mind. First of all. Because we're about the basics and the fundamentals here in Ignition. Exactly. Um, what's binding on us as Catholics is church doctrine, church yeah. teaching, period. We are called, and the church has said this from the beginning, because her teachings come from God, from Jesus Christ himself. We are called to give personal assent to everything that the church teaches formally, because everything the church formally teaches is true. Right. And we're called to give assent to the truth. Thinking about that, uh, I, don't know, I don't have it off the top of my head, but you have the, the formula that uh, someone who's entering the church at Easter time, right. who was baptized and enters the church. Do you remember the formula? No, I don't. Okay. But it's along the lines of, uh, I assent to all that the Catholic Church uh, professes and holds to be true. Right. In right. that way. Right. And so that's what we're called to do. And sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't have questions. No. Like, why is this true? Uh, was it Newman who said a thousand questions do not make a doubt? Right. We, we should, I've said before, one of my favorite questions is why. 
So we should ask what we should seek to understand. That's the traditional definition of theology. We believe it, we have faith, but then we seek to understand it. Faith yep. seeking understanding. Yep. And if you do have doubts, other things too, to bring them to the light. Right. You know, so often you think, oh, I've got a doubt or I've got a question about church teaching or something. I have to hide it if I'm going to be a good Catholic. No, you know, as a good Catholic, you have responsibility to bring it to someone who might have an answer. That, 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 um, impulse to keep it in the dark is oftentimes actually a tool, a weapon of the enemy. Oh, totally. Yeah. The divider, the liar, the deceiver, exactly. the isolator. So, so to hide it, to isolate it, if yeah. you will, from others. Yeah. So what does this have to do with the Pope then? So what about the right. Pope? So, um, question would be then is everything this Pope says official doctrine or official any pope. teaching any pope. yep any Pope so uh, is everything that Pope Sixtus II said right. uh, official church teaching right when did it, I, I have been, no idea okay I just, I just pulled Pope Sixtus II out of the there is a Sixtus yes. II does it go all the way up to Sixtus the Sixth? I think the oh, I don't think so. I think okay. it's just the third. Sixth I have a nephew. I, have, I know that because I have a nephew who chose the Sixtus the Third as his confirmation saint. Really, yeah. that is your nephew. That's <laughs> Were you the sponsor? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I was a little upset about that. Benjamin, thanks for. I still remember. Wow, just a little. A lot of hurt little, in this ignition. Little pain a there. lot of hurt in this ignition. <laughs> so, um, right. So, does everything that. So not everything a pope says is official doctrine, is official teaching. Right. So what then, Dr. Bergwald, is kind of the nature of papal authority? Yeah, so, so the, and, and we've talked about this before, um, more than one. I, I think we checked episode 125. Episode 125, back in the archives. Right. Why do we have a pope anyway, where we talked about, and, and there was an older one yet before. So we've talked about the role of the pope before, but just to sort of recap and summarize, um, the Jesus Christ created the church, built the church on the rock that is St. Peter. Yeah. And it wasn't because Peter was sinless, impeccable. He was a, he was a sinner. Um, and yet he gave us Peter and then his successors, all of the bishops of Rome since, because Peter and Paul founded the church in Rome. The all, holy twins of Rome. As opposed to Remus and Romulus. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a great podcast about that from uh, Dr. Tim Gray, but that's another, another topic. topic. There we go. Um, so, so... Peter, uh, with Paul, founded the Church of Rome. Peter was the first bishop of the Church of Rome, um, and his successors have this authority, recognized very early on. Pope Clement, still in the, at the end of the first century, yeah. within 100 years of the time of Christ, saw fit to write a letter to the church in Corinth, founded by... Paul. Paul, not Peter. And yet he, he intervened. And to exercise an authority over the church in Corinth. Exactly. So from very early on, and, and obviously not, every, not all Christians believe this, recognize this, but, but we see from the, from the very beginning, Peter was the preeminent apostle, the leader of the apostles, and his successors were regarded likewise. So, so the Pope has this authority, but the church has said it's a very specific kind of authority, or it's limited. Right. It's... Uh, um the Pope is a guardian. He's not a creator. Exactly. Yeah, the office of papacy makes him a guardian, not a creator. He doesn't invent new doctrine. You know, let's let's make it five people in the Trinity. You know, you know, but three is not enough. Let's no. He can't. If three do that. is good. Five is better. The, exactly. So he's no. the, the the bishops, the magisterium in general, the Pope and the bishops. Their job is to guard and proclaim the deposit of faith, the Christian proclamation, the good news Correct. of Jesus Christ. And so the idea of the, the papal office and papal infallibility. Is that it's a it's almost a negative yes. protection if you were to prevent them 
from uh, from officially teaching incorrectly. It, so it doesn't mean that the Pope is going to express teaching in always the the the, the most beautiful or the most uh, intelligible way. Right. It just means that he's not going to teach error when he does it. Right. It doesn't mean that a Pope might not slip up and say something wrong in a homily, in an interview, in an audience, because things like that. Because that papal infallibility is not universal throughout the, the, the Pope's life. Right. It, he has to deliberately exercise it, um, and it is exercised that commonly, to be honest. Right, and, and it fits totally in with uh, the whole Christian worldview, which we've talked about in other ways, about how our Lord uh, you know, gives us gifts in many ways, but at the same time allows us to, uh, to use those gifts maybe uh, precariously or not always in the best of ways. Right. You know? um, and so... Uh, Thanks be to God, we've had uh, holy popes, but there's been popes uh, that have been very unholy. Right. You know, popes that have been more concerned about riding off to battle, popes that have uh, sired children and things like that. We know right. the history of the popes right. in that way. Right. Um, and yet, all of them were infallible. Right. All of them were protected by the Holy Spirit from when they were formally exercising their teaching authority, they did not teach any errors, even those horrible, very sinful men. Correct. And uh, and so that's something that we that we want to make sure that we're clear on, and that we don't let the cult of celebrity, that environment of celebritarianism. Sure. <laughs> we make up here on ignition. We make up isms all the time. Exactly. So this cult of celebrity uh, allow we we make sure that it doesn't allow us to kind of override or overwhelm how we view the faith that's been given to us uh, in our church. Right. So we're you're, just a quick uh, promo break. If you're tuning in, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson from Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings and from St. Paul's in White. Very nice. And I'm the director of discipleship with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, we're talking today about, about uh, Pope Francis and his recent press conference and, and trying to answer the question that we've received. Um, is it ever okay for a Catholic in good conscience to disagree with the Pope? And if so, when and how? Um, if you want to ask us questions about this episode or any ideas for future episodes, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the email address, or you can tweet us. Yeah, tweet at the SF Diocese Twitter handle, SF Diocese on Twitter, with the hashtag ignition so we can find it. Right, exactly. So talking now about sort of the limits of papal authority, all of our popes, even the, the greatest sinners uh, mm -hmm. in church history, have been... Uh, Given given the gift of infallibility, but again, as we were saying, it's very limited. Not every word uttered by the Pope is, first of all, infallible, but secondly, even necessarily authoritative. You know, when the Pope says, you know, I'm going to have scrambled eggs and bacon for breakfast, that doesn't mean that I have to have scrambled eggs and bacon for breakfast. Oh, man, because, boy, that'd be great to have that, that papal be awesome. packing behind that. <laughs> I'm sorry, doctor, but the Holy Father said I have to. Exactly. I'm pretty sure you said a pound of bacon a day. <laughs> So, so, and the way that I like you, you put us when we were uh, preparing this episode, Father, it's good. I'd say it's important to take the the Pope's words seriously, but not too seriously. And I think the the fun example we just gave is is, is an instance of that. Right, right. I mean, if the Pope says, I mean, I think he talked about how his doctor told him to eat less pasta. Right. You know, right. and that doesn't mean that Catholics have to go on a no carb diet. Exactly. Um, now, because he's on that one. So, well, it's good to take his words seriously. We don't have to take them that seriously. So, and again, more seriously, um, not everything that he says is necessarily infallible or even authoritative. 
So, so it, the point is, it is possible, at least in certain circumstances, and we'll get into the details here, to disagree with the Pope. The question, I think, is when and how. Right. And, and, and anything like this, uh, the, as the saying goes, the devil is in the details. Yes. And so, um, you know, uh, we're not, you know, in what we're not saying, we're not saying that uh, you can disagree with the Pope on doctrinal matters right. or things like that, matters of official dogmas of the church. Right. Right. Um, we're talking about when you hear something and you're like, boy, that sounds kind of odd. You know, moments like that. Right, right. And because we're certainly there, there in our country over the last 50 years, there has been the problem of dissent. Right. There have been people, uh, even in leadership roles within the church, uh, people that, that many other lay Catholics might look up to, who have uh, not accepted the church's teaching on settled questions. And lay Catholics in civil positions of leadership have publicly disagreed and publicly gone against uh, define church teaching in different matters. Exactly. So going back to what we were saying at the, at earlier at the, near the beginning of, of this episode of Ignition, we are all called to give assent to what the church officially authoritatively teaches. That's that's the non-negotiable, if you will. The question we're talking about here is when the Pope may be in more of an informal context, like an in-flight press conference, says something that sounds a little bit off, can I then question what he's saying and even ultimately disagree with him? Right. And so that's... Um, that's what we're going to take up in this just these last uh, ten minutes or so in this episode of Nation. We're going to go into that question of if we do find something like this and we disagree, what do we do about it? Right, right. So I think do I have the, to like leave the Catholic Church. Am I no longer a Catholic? I disagreed with the Pope today. I guess maybe I'm a you know going to some other church now. Right. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> I think, Father, for me, the thing that I try to remember, because there, let's be honest, there are some people, as is probably the case with every pope, there are some people who really take issue with Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I've, I've some of them, good friends in some instances, and I've challenged them on that, uh, that they're, 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 there's a right and a wrong way to disagree with the pope. Um, I think we it's, Im- it's imperative and essential to me that we recognize that the Pope uh, is our spiritual father and we are called to give him deference and respect. Right. The fourth commandment doesn't just apply to your nuclear family. Right. The fourth commandment applies uh, to any authority over you. Like we even should have, even if we disagree with an American president, we should still have a deference and respect for an American president because uh, they, uh, he or she are our civil leader. Exactly. And and as, as you pointed out, the, the another way to make this point, we we need to we should not just we must give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm, yeah. So I think it's a coming up. If 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 we hear something that sounds a little bit off, that, well, I mean, the church teaches this. It sounds like he's saying something else. We need to give him the benefit of the doubt and do some investigation. We cannot just well, well the Pope's not Catholic anymore. Right. We we can't just jump to some conclusions in that way just because we saw something that didn't meet our own estimation on some things. Ex- yep, exactly. So so again, if if any pope were to be speaking in an informal context um, and he says something that doesn't seem to accord with church teaching, we can legitimately disagree, but we have to do so charitably, giving him the benefit of the doubt, doing further investigation, and remembering that the key here, the key the standard is not what I believe, what I want to be the case, my own opinion, my own preference. The key is that the standard is formal church teaching. Right. That's always the standard. That was formal church teaching. 
and um, uh, making sure that we're on the guard for our own opinions in that way. Especially, and just to acknowledge for ourselves that we do live in a pretty self-centered time. Right. And we often want to in, to enshrine our own opinions uh, as, uh, as being uh, the only way. Right, right. So that, that's where we have to be attentive to, okay, I disagree with this, but why am I disagreeing with it? Because mm-hmm. is, is this is, I think, something that a lot of people have fallen into, is he expressing a, a, a political view that I disagree with. Right. Well, I still think, I, I think that even if I might legitimately disagree with him, I need to listen, and maybe there's something that I need to learn. Right. Well, I mean, we should be able to learn something from anyone that we come into a conversation with. Right. And maybe you know, it might always be learning something positive to take away. Sometimes it's learning something negative. But, um, yeah, um, th- there is something to learn in that regard. Right, right. So so it's not about my preference, or I think you, as, as you noted in, in our show prep today, it's not even about the Pope's preference, his preference. It's not about my preference, his preference. It's about what are the teachings of Jesus Christ as we've received them through the church. Right, and, and to be able to hold to that in that way. Right. Now, um, so in that sense, it is okay uh, when we're talking about things that aren't official church teaching, that aren't the doctrines yep. and doctrines of the church and things like that, and when the Pope isn't speaking in that fashion, then it is okay to disagree. Yep. You know, but just always doing it with that referential uh, way, with deference, with respect, and also keep in mind the fact that other people are paying attention to what you might be saying. Right what you might be uh, expressing in some way, whether it's in social media, in your own home, with your family. You know, if you have children, you say something in that way, maybe in a hot-headed fashion about something you heard about Pope Francis. Uh, even if maybe you're in the right to, uh, or have some right. Um, it's amazing how we always want to be right or wrong, right. by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, we always want to be right or wrong, Absolutely. Um, but you know, if you say something in that hot headed or, uh, irreverent way, you might be damaging your own children's uh, ability to respect and, uh, uh, receive legitimate authority. Right. Right. And, uh, uh, and harming their ability to live out the 10 commandments in that regard, the fourth commandment, especially. Right. Again, I think of, uh, if the, so as a spiritual father, like h- how would you, um, how would you respect, you talk about the nuclear family, how would you respect your dad? Or how would you speak to your dad? Or, or if your dad says something you disagree with, how would you respond to it? Right. And and you still have to respond respectfully even if you disagree. Right, right. And, you know, and, and also because you owe that to the relationship. Yep, yep. I think, by the way, this does, uh, this applies as you all over the place. Yeah. Um, civil authority, local church authority, my pastor, mm-hmm. my, what's my res- response towards the you don't have the gift of infallibility, even. No. And yet, if I were one of your parishioners, I would be called to give you that. Do our, our diocesan bishops. Yep. And when you were ordained, you promised respect and obedience to my bishop and his successor. Exactly. So, so, and as as a layman, even though I don't take that formal process, I still formal promise. I still owe that to my local bishop, and certainly to the bishop of the diocese of Rome, the, the Holy Father. I think one thing, maybe, uh, if it's okay to just to one last little. Uh, maybe a second to last topic here sure. would just be um, maybe for those who are just confused by something they hear from the Pope. So I think to like this, uh, this RCA candidate, you know, well, wait a moment. What? And, and this candidate uh, wasn't necessarily disagreeing or arguing yeah. with yeah. Pope Francis, but just was confused. 
And so I think it's just important to know, listeners, in this modern media uh, 24-7 news cycle age, did I ever tell you that I learned Pope uh, Benedict was resigning the papacy through Jim Gaffigan's Twitter feed? No. Yeah, that was the <laughs> really? first but Yeah, it was through Jim Gaffigan's Twitter feed at like 6.30 in the morning when wow. I woke up on that day that I learned that Pope Benedict was resigning, you know? Um, so, I mean, we live in this age with like, all sorts of content and knowledge flowing around us at all times, information, not necessarily yeah. knowledge flowing yeah. around us at all times. And so, you know, the church doesn't like, isn't going to change her teaching through an impromptu in-flight press conference. No. So just know that, dear listeners. But Pope Francis, you know, there's development in doctrine. Pope Francis is not going to explain a development in doctrine through an in-flight press conference. No, that's not a place for nuance and articulation. No, no. Yeah. And, and you see that clearly, I think, if you look at, you know, his his off-the-cuff, extemporaneous mm-hmm. speaking, and then his written, more formal addresses, the, the difference is pretty clear that where, where he's speaking formally and authoritatively as opposed to off-the-cuff and informally. Right. And so I think for those of you that, that feel more confused, that, that, that feel confused more than you feel disagreeable, I think that's an important thing to hold on to in that way for, and, your, san- for your sanity in this right, right. digital age. And that's where I think certainly Pope, I, I'm sure Pope Francis would... would um, Say, you know, if you're wondering what the church teaches, go to the catechism. Right. And he said that actually on a couple different things. Right, right, exactly. So I, I think, Father, though, you made a, a great point about, again, talking about what Pope Francis, what would Pope Francis do? What, what, what's his emphasis? What would he ask of us? As we said earlier, we're not followers of his. In a sense, we are. But first and foremost, right. fundamentally, we're followers of Jesus Christ. Right. And so, I mean, like, what would our Lord probably have us uh, be doing, you know, in this way? Um, I think our Lord would want us uh, to uh, uh, be uh, be about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, you know. And so uh, we don't need to be worrying about who's right or who's wrong. There, there's an importance to that, and there, that is someone's responsibility to worry about. It's right. not mine. Right. My job is uh, to be meeting the spiritual needs of my flock and my parish. Your job is to be meeting the spiritual and corporal needs of those who are entrusted to you yep. and those that providence puts in your path. Right. As opposed to worrying about things that you really have no control over. Right. And I think we talked about this in a previous Ignition episode. Where we talked kind of about like, you know, rage or like, yep. you know, getting all upset about things yep. going on in the world instead of like, well, hey, why don't I... So, like, yes, it's important to worry about the redefinition of marriage, but am I trying to support the marriage of the family next door? Exactly. You know, who's in a difficult time? Uh, I might all be worried about uh, police uh, brutality in, in, in some place, but I'm actually worried about, like, maybe the troubled uh, young person who's a friend to my child. So if, if, if there, are, there are definitely people who are frustrated and confused by Pope Francis. Are you praying for him? Are, 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 you, are, are you praying for him? Are you looking to what does the church actually teach us? Some of the people are, I know that, but, but are you praying for Pope Francis in the midst of this? Exactly. And so, um, and, and, and we're not like, anyone who's disagreed, we're not necessarily like uh, casting doubt on your genuineness Absolutely. in that way. Yep. But, so, uh, but I just think it's important to think about going back to like, am I doing like the Christian life? Am I living at my own Christian duties or am I being distracted with kind of much ado about noise? Amen. And we'll use that to comment, to wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet to us, SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.